Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hi, guys. David here. Welcome along to another week of The Thistle. I'm really sorry, but we're going to have to start with an apology. Matt, um, who is taking sole blame for this, um, forgot to plug in the uh, microphones that we use to record the podcast. So what you're going to get today is us chatting just into the microphone of uh, MacBook. So I'm really sorry about that. It's not too bad. It's a little bit tinny, but you'll get used to it and we will be back on fighting form next week. Sorry again, and remember, this is all Matt's fault. Cheers. Hello, and welcome to season two, episode six of the Thistle Rugby Podcast, the only rugby podcast that cares about Scottish rugby. How are you guys doing? I am David, and I'm with the lads. Matt, how are you, pal? Yeah, I'm good, mate, and I have to say the turkey neck is, is looking pretty good. It's looking trim, isn't it? They really do a great job in South America. Cheap as well. Do you get a little combo package with the tummy tuck? <laughs> yeah, so there's still a little bit of work to do there, but um, yeah, they, they trimmed off a few inches, which was nice. No, looking good, mate. Yeah, mate. Thanks a lot. And there's Alan, they had a good bit tonight. Um, oh, yeah, kind of. A little bit? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit of a good bit. Um, well, thanks a lot for joining us, guys. Um, hopefully you're listening to us on ACAST or on iTunes. Um, iTunes, that's the Scottish version of it. That is iTunes, <laughs> yeah. It's been rebranded specifically for us. Um, so yeah, and you can, specifically on iTunes, leave us a review. Um, so please do that if you get a chance. It really helps us get our name out there, up the rankings, and we can talk Scottish rugby to more people. How about our friend Darren Ward, five-star review, who says, Loving the weekly review from the lads. Great mix of rugby discussion and interviews from a Scottish rugby perspective. Plus, their chat is pretty decent. I, I think that's a fair review, I if I'm honest. Yeah, pretty decent. <laughs> I think pretty decent is the sort of top threshold for us. Yeah, well. I think that's, that's, just, yeah. that's as high as we're going. Yeah, so, kind of lead ourselves already. So, um, yeah, thanks a lot for that, Darren. Um, so please get on there and leave us a review if you can, or you can get us on Twitter at ThistleRugbyPod. We have also dipped our toe into Instagram a little bit, Thistle understroke rugby underscore pod. I think it was the thing that was available. So you can find us on there. I'm scared of the Instagram. I haven't gone on it yet. It's pretty good. It, it would be great to get some followers because at the moment I think we're mainly bots. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of <laughs> sex bots following us. <laughs> and I, if we don't get any more, I'm going to, we think we should buy some. I think we should buy some followers because it's a bit embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> so please get on the Instagram if you're on that and follow us. Um, we've got a really good episode for you today. We're going to kick off with having a look at some news um, and then have a review of Glasgow and Edinburgh games from last weekend. We then had a really good chat with a guy called Gus Williamson, who is the head of rugby at Sky Sports. He's talking all about the um, new setup of the Pro 14 and how that's being covered. Um, Alan's got a wee quiz for us. Any preview of that, Alan? 
fullbacks and standoffs. Oh, I like it. That's we all have, I'm giving you. We have had some bad of both. So looking forward <laughs> to that. Um, and then we've got a new feature, brand new, straight out of the mind of Matt Hanny. This is up and down. We're going to be talking about who has done uh, their chances of a Scotland um, cap. Chances of Scotland cap um, good and who has been playing badly and they have gone down. So we'll look at that. And then some predictions, and we'll get you out here in around about 40 minutes. So, shall we crack on with some news, lads? Let's do it. Let's do it. The long hair of Blair Cowan has committed to London Irish. Great news. He's, he's been playing really well this season, actually. He's been playing like, really, really London well. Irish have started struggling since they won that first match, but particularly in that match against Harlequins, he was absolutely incredible all over the place. Um, like, ball in hand as well, putting in massive tackles. So, I, I don't know if he's sort of still in the Scottish team's thoughts. Quite a lot of competition there, but we'll see. Hey, it's good to have somebody else playing well, I reckon. Yeah, and he's seen how bad Worcester are, and he's like, I can commit for another three years <laughs> without yeah. the risk of the championship. Poor so, Dan Weezy rotting at um, Worcester. Cameron used to play for Worcester as well, didn't he? I have no idea. I think he did. I think he did. I've got no idea either. It's going to be Dent Wheezy versus Doncaster next year. <laughs> that's his that's his thing. He's done right. It's been it's almost been a, I know you don't like him, Alan, but it's been a little bit of a sad demise, his trip to Bath and then they yeah. were like, We're gonna sign Falatown as well, so unlucky. Yeah. Um what else we know signing? Bit of a blast on the past. Kyle Trainer has been picked up by Leicester as well as um Watsonian's youngster Jake Kerr. Um, has been picked up by uh, the Leicester Tigers. So, what do you make of that? Um, well, I think it's sort of both of them are injury cover. Um, and I think Kyle Trainer is doing uh, like an NBA at Oxford or Cambridge, maybe. So he's not like too far away. Jake cares at Loughborough. So I don't know how much game time they'll get, but um, there seems to be loads of injuries in the Premiership the first five rounds. So nah, we'll see. It'd be quite interesting, particularly I think someone like Jake Care, who's a bit younger and yeah. used to play for Watsons and. Uh, Barmier, good to see what he can do. Yeah, definitely. No, and obviously Kyle Trainer, who was at Bristol and has had sort of a couple of injuries. Good to see him getting back back into the team, and he's a loose head where Scotland are incredibly struggling. We've got no loose heads. I mean, we have literally no one. There's nobody. So there. whilst obviously Kyle Trainer hasn't actually played a professional game this season, I think he's probably second in line to start. <laughs> so he looks like a bring prop. it on. He looks like a prop as well. Yeah, which no, is something we like because Alan Dell. Yeah, he, he's in too good neck. He's in too good shape to be calling himself a prop. Um, I don't think there's very much else news-wise, is there? Can we just chat about the lad who called us out for ripping into Ross Ford? Yeah, this was... Yeah, I mean, I would like that person to come to us with a much more detailed argument as to why Ross Ford is good. Yeah, I, want, I disagree. I want 500 words <laughs> on why Ross Ford is better than we give him credit for. There was lots of chat on Twitter this week about how, you know, Scotland hookers can't hit lineouts and how they always miss lineouts. They can. And that is. Yeah. That, that's, <laughs> Ross, that's Ross Ford's legacy. Yeah. That's him. I think we've always been very clear in the fact that Ross Ford is clearly like an incredible athlete and has the potential to be very good, but he is just consistently a bit of shit. <laughs> and, and yeah, and it's always been it's always been very frustrating because. Um, but hey, he's an absolute specimen. One hundred and ten caps done. One hundred and ten caps. That's what you get. In yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Should we get into it then? Should we have a chat about um, why don't we start with Edinburgh? Really decent um, shift against Leicester. Oh, Leicester, sorry. 
going down ultimately 21-13. Jason Toby knocking over all the points um, and picking up a try as well, but ultimately losing it, having led for a little bit. What did you guys make of the game? Um, yeah, so I think obviously before the game, away at the RDS, the Leinster team was really strong. So I think it was like Fardy... Johnny Sexton, Sean O'Brien, Jordy Murphy, like a lot of the tag furlong, like a lot of the big lions were back. And Edinburgh seemed to sort of be putting out almost like a B team, especially in the back line. Mm. They had like Jimmy Johnson, Glenn Bryce, a few players that probably more sevens players this year rather than professional players, but really, really stepped up to play and actually probably unlucky to um to miss out on a losing bonus point. I think I generally think there's probably not one player in that Edinburgh squad who didn't kind of turn up, which I think is obviously in comparison to sort of last season and sort of post the um, the Benetton Treviso game. I think actually, whilst the two losses we've, we've lost twice the Scarlets and Leinster, I actually think it's two performances as a team we'd be pretty happy with. Yeah, hopefully you can build build off it. Um, yeah, I totally agree that you sort of look at that team and think they're here a bit, a bit of a spanking. And it's good in a way that Cockrell, for Cockrell, for those like second string guys to come through. But at the same time, it must be quite frustrating that like ability wise, they aren't quite as good as like your first picks, but maybe they got a bit of an edge attitude wise. Um, Cockrell's been in the press today talking up um, James Johnson as saying that he gives them something a little bit different. Oh, Jimmy. In the back line. Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, he, I think he's ste- stepped his man twice in the first half and he looked really sharp. Like, really, really sure. I'd be very, very surprised if he doesn't get to start again next week because, obviously, Cockrell's been talking a lot about, you know, if players aren't playing well, they get dropped. And, you know, he was probably your sna- your standout back. But, actually, looking at the back line, Phil Burley playing well, kind of really stepped up. Jason Tovey was looking good at 10. Hmm. Pudding might be worried a little bit. And even you look at your back three, so Tom Tom Brown, Dougie Fife, Glenn Bryce, a couple of players that um, either with the sevens or probably haven't been in fashion for the last couple of weeks. Especially, so Dougie Fife looked really, really sharp. Do you think this the, these good performances for players which were really, really poor and underperforming last year is maybe just a reflection of that sort of new attitude that Cockrell's brought? And these players were maybe told you might not you might be a bit of a fringe involvement, mm. and they thought this is a great chance for me. I've just got to go out and, and it's really raised the game. Well, I think there has been in the first five games it is now, there's been a lot of rotation. Um, yeah. Actually, a surprising amount, but I don't think that's sort of like Cockrell's philosophy in general. He just genuinely wants to see everyone and, and to be fair play, he seems to be giving everyone a, a shot. Um, he did say that to us when we spoke to him that he wanted to have a look at the whole squad and that yeah. was something to do with why he didn't you know, make wholesale changes in the summer as well. Hmm. And I think it probably says a lot, and we've spoken about this before, it says a lot for A, the Sevens programme, where you see players like Jimmy Johnson, Glenn Bryce, Dougie Fife, who've been getting game time that they might have not got if we didn't have that. You know, you're not getting the same level of competition if you're playing sort of Curry or, or Melrose. And also sort of the link with London Scottish. You know, Jim, Jimmy Johnson what, played last season at London Scottish, or have I got that completely wrong? No, you didn't. Cool, mate. Oh, so he's, been, he's been playing rugby. Matt, who stood out for you? I can see a wee bit of scribbling on your uh, on your paper there. Yeah, I thought um, I thought Cornell Dufria, who's kind of the, the great enigma of Edinburgh rugby, was was really good. Um, I think when he's at his best, he can compete with like and even dominate any team, any player in the 
in the Pro 14. Um, I'm thinking he could be a really useful asset for Scotland because we've struggled for sort of big ball carrying number eights. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if Dupriya plays this weekend against Zebra and has an absolute nightmare and just goes missing. So it seems like there's an attitude problem with, with him. But I, if Cockrell can sort of I don't know, give him a bit of his tough love and get the best out of him, then he's going to be a really, really important player. How was um, Hidalgo Klein? Has he continued his sort of return to form? To, to be honest, actually, of most of the players on the pitch, I think he was the one that was most one of the most anonymous players, actually. Really? Although I think... Talking about, that is difficult that Scrum have as well. That is very <laughs> difficult. But talking about players sort of coming back, Grant Gilchrist. Is he back? Probably his best game for a while. How many he, times he, need, he, he needed a big game. Yeah, I know. He needed a big game. Ex-Scotland captain. Yeah, no, he was that back so many times. Um, he linked with Toulon for a while as well. What yeah. was that about? What was that about? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Putin, I think it was something like plus 20 tackles, really sort of stepped up against a lot of these big ball carriers like Sean O'Brien, Cronin, etc. And um, look, you know, more competition there for BBT. For BBT, yeah. And there's probably a jersey open there. One of the great brothers is probably not going to make it back to Scotland. Yeah, exactly. So, no, it'd be interesting to see who um, who Gregor Townsend goes for. But, no, look, just solid all-round performance. Can, and we, can we talk about the referee in the past few weeks? Cockerell is not letting this lie. Oh, yeah, this is a big, this is like, a big talking point. Talk, talk about the last week. And, I mean, I only saw the highlights, but two, two tries that should have been disallowed against the Scarlets. And... I felt like some pretty dodgy d- decisions in the Leinster match. Um, a few calls that went Edinburgh's went sorry Leinster's way, and um, supposedly Cork has been talking to Greg Garner, who's head of the Pro, Pro, Pro 14 referees, and said, "Look, I just want us to be treated the same as the so-called bigger teams." Or I think his perception is that if you're playing the likes of Leinster against Edinburgh, they are expected to win, so they get the decisions. Do you the think? Old, I mean, the all likes effect. Yeah, exactly. Do you think that's fair? I think we're just. I don't know. Sour grapes. I think, looking at this game in particular, I think it's going to be a little bit of sour grapes. I thought the Jamie Ritchie yellow card was a little bit harsh. Um, although it was it was just a stupid, stupid thing to do. He could, he could have probably pulled out in time. Yeah. And by the letter of the law, Dougie Fife probably should have been sin-binned. Like, I kind of get yeah. the argument that it's very hard for him to move out of the way. But once you put yourself in that position... You've seen people like Elliot Daly do the same thing and get red carded against Argentina. So I I have to admit, I, I, I agree against Scarlett. I think he probably had a point, but I think actually, you know, all these things sort of even themselves out. Sure. Yeah, definitely. So we will see um, Edinburgh playing um, this weekend. Is it Zebra? Oh, Zebra. 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 So let's see if they can avoid the, um, the really shameful double of losing to both um, Italian teams. Well, Zebra be. Also at the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, no, Christ. That's and that also team had Pieto, Leo Ian Lefano. Henderson, Leo Lefano, Trimble. Like, that was not a bad team. The Italian teams are getting their shit together, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Benetton looked, and we'll go on to the Glasgow game now, they looked pretty decent. Um, Glasgow went on to get the bonus point win, 37 points to 21. Tries from Tommy Seymour on his return to Scotland. Oh, big Rob Harley crossing the white as well. Uh, Pete Horn and Sam Johnson with Horn and uh, Brandon Thompson splitting the cons and the penalties. That was a pretty business-like victory for Glasgow to get the bonus point, yeah? Yeah, I think there was, there was a great start. Dave Rennie's had three home games and three bonus point wins. Is that right? Yeah. That'll yeah. Do. So, yeah, you'll take that. And I think um, 
I think we would have been annoyed if they had, especially with the first half, would have been very annoying if they hadn't gone away with the bonus point right yeah. at the end. Notes, uh, was it Sam scoring in the scoring? It was a good try, good finish. Yeah, no, it was. Um, but I think you're right, completely sort of business-like performance, pretty much a second 15 as well. Well, that's what I was going to say, yeah. business-like performance from not nearly the starting sort of squad, but it shows you that sort of depth. When we talk about a guy like Nick Grigg, who we were all singing his praises towards the end of the season, he mm. got his first Scotland cap during the summer, but he's now considered sort of second string in the, in the census there. So it's, there's so much quality in, the, in this Glasgow team. I know, and I think that's the thing we've been talking about for the last five weeks, the fact that Missing Stuart Hogg, this was Tommy Seymour's first game back. Missing Hugh Jones, Dunbar's injured, Russell's only played about two games, Ali Price hasn't played every game, Johnny Gray's out there. The Fraser Brown's been out, this was his first game. Yeah, it's good to back. back. He was back from the bench. Like, that is basically, you know, seven or eight of Glasgow's top, top players. Yeah, yeah. Let me talk to you about this though a future Scotland second row partnership. Young Brian and Scott Cummings. How about that? <laughs> the time. It is the future. It is the future. What's going to happen? Um, Cummings looking unbelievable. Yeah, we spoke about him last week as, as well. It just seems to continue his form. He's only is he the only forward to start every game. Yeah, no, I think I think I think you're right. Um, yeah, he obviously you know Dave Rennie's seen him at the start of the season. Obviously, young guy thinks he can play in week in week out, and he's you know he's proving himself. And it's great to see you know him and Brian both come up come from Inverness and. Yeah, just now, mate. They're both local boys. I love Kelvin's side. Brian Ward and Kelvin's side. Yeah, yeah. Alan, how's your love affair with um, Rory Jackson doing? Did he have another good, uh, good game of the weekend? Uh, well, I didn't watch the game. All so. <laughs> oh, right, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I, was, I couldn't watch the game. Um, I had, I had to watch. Well, I watched the Edinburgh game on BBC Albert, and they were all at the same time as well. So, um, I had, and also my bloody translation thing wasn't working, so I had to listen to the whole match from Gaelic. Yeah, that's all right. So, don't, I wasn't doing that. Don't discriminate. No, I don't. Um, but I'm going to say that Rui Jackson played really well. Really, really well. <laughs> he was amazing. He's very good at celebrating tries, I've discovered. Like, yeah. He's, he's, not, the even he's not involved. He's, always, you know, he's in there, he's getting in the snaps and the limelight. And shall we say from the photos that have come out from Africa, a surprisingly poor rig for a man who's played professional rugby for about 10 years. Yeah, so Glasgow are now in... Um, Johannesburg, Johannesburg. They're in Johannesburg before they go to the Oh right, they're just in Joburg. Um, and yeah, they're, they're taps off. It's good weather there. Some pretty budget rigs kicking around. Finn, Finn's rig. Finn's <laughs> always been at least like small, but you'd think he'd be ripped. Like Jacko's got nothing. <laughs> and I mean, Brandon Thompson was the worst. Oh, a joke. <laughs> professional athlete. What are you up to? What are you up to all day? That's it. This is what the pod's become. Just us talking about male rigs, but. I was yeah. looking at it at work earlier, and I'm pretty sure the guy next to me saw it and was probably going to have to have a word, but yeah. But yeah, the reason they're in Joburg is because there's no hotel rooms in Bloemfontein, supposedly. Is that right? Because there's so many travelling fans, yeah? Yeah. A, <laughs> a, because there's too many travelling fans, and B, because there's a music festival, and C, because there's also some international cricket match. So, so literally no one is going to watch this game. <laughs> so there's so many better things to do in Bloemfontein so last, this weekend. So last week, the Glasgow game wasn't on TV, and this week it's going to just be watched by... <laughs> Absolutely no. Business. But it is on TV, right? It is on TV, yeah. Well, then that's not too bad, then. Yeah. yeah. But they march on. I mean, five from five, that is... Five from five. five but they are the only only team in any of the top leagues, premiership, top 14, pro 14, to be unbeaten thus far. Yeah, it's pretty big. the only European team, tier yeah. one European team, they're doing that. So, fair play, I say. Cheaters, though. Big, big test. 
looking good. Should, got, be good. should be a good match. Got a few good knit players back. Like Raymond Rule. And Pimpy. Amazing Pimpy guy. Yeah. Like, the winger. Oh. Incredible. But it looks like guys were taking their full strength side. From the photos that are out there, it looks like they're yeah, not. Yeah. They're going out there to put out. I thought they would rest before the Exeter match, but apparently yeah. not. No, surprising. I think you said we thought they would bring their B team, but obviously, you know, you've seen how good the Cheetahs are, and you know they're on a run. Fuck it. Yeah, exactly. It's um, they've got to try and keep the keep this Why momentum not? going. They've been. I think they've been rotating players so much as well that it's not as if you played the same team for now six matches. So you're hoping everyone's like at least a bit you know, fresh. Be interesting to see what kind of team they play. Do you think Hugh Jones will fly across? Come and see his mates? How Ooh. far is it? Can't yeah. be that far. I mean, it's, it's a flight. <laughs> well, I think I knew that. <laughs> it's a flight. Yeah. I want some times, mate. He's not getting in the Land Rover and driving to Bluefontaine. Um, no, isn't that? I was saying Hugh Jones scored a try at the weekend for the Western Province in a 46 45 win against the Blue Bulls. They're doing well, actually. They are doing well. Hugh Jones playing 12. He's looking like a, he's looking a decent touch. He's got loads of tries. Yeah, no, he is looking rapid, to be fair. So, uh, no, looking good. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, um, we will come back to talk about predictions and a little bit more of a preview to those match towards the end of the show. But right now, we're going to go over to our chat with Gus Williamson. He is the head of rugby at Sky Sports and he has some really interesting insight. Um, so here it is. And we're joined by um, Gus Williamson. He's the head of um, rugby union at Sky Sports. How are you, Gus? I'm very well. I should say a very Scottish sounding name, but I'm not overly Scottish though. My dad is a, a bit of a plastic jock, but he's lived down here for the last 50 years. All right. <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks those are my credentials. If the call came knocking, I think I could probably wear the blue shirt just about uh, that's good to know we're always looking for um for foreign recruits at the moment it's part of our uh, part of our policy <laughs> anyway, so you know look thanks for, thanks for coming on do you want to just give us a bit of background on sort of who you are sort of a bit of bit about your career yes yeah, so i'm one of those classic sort of sporting types that when you realize aged about 13 you're not going to play international sport in any of your chosen loves you realize what's the next best thing and it's probably working in sport be that radio television newspapers and i did a what i call sort of normal degree at university did history but in my spare time i worked for local radio i was actually a rugby correspondent which is great because they were sort of basically a football station and they said they were based in in the east midlands they said do you want to go to leicester tigers every weekend i said yeah absolutely that perfect <laughs> So that's why I sort of got my sort of CV up to scratch with that and did a bit of work in newspapers as well. And then finished university and I just sort of wrote letters and CVs to everyone I could think of in, in uh, broadcasting. And Sky were one of the few people that actually wrote back. They were looking for cheap labour because it was the, they'd just taken on the Cricket World Cup in 1999. So I started in, sort of start of the year 1999, did uh, about 12 summers and winters in cricket and then moved to rugby in 2011. And I have to say, working on a sport that doesn't stop for bad light and rain is lovely. <laughs> so did you get a chance to go out to New Zealand for the Lions this year then? I was very lucky. I was out there, not for the whole tour. We, we sort of split our coverage. The first five games were in studio here in London with our commentary team on site. And then after we did the Rotorua game, so the game against the Maori All Blacks was, I think, Saturday morning. And then we hot-footed to the airport, landed in Auckland and drove straight to Hamilton and had a game on. Confidence starts with loving who you are. 
And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. I think it was the Tuesday night in Hamilton. So there from game six onwards, so there for all the test matches. Although, bizarrely, I spent the second test in hospital looking after Sir Ian McGeegan, who we sort of thought was having a fairly unpleasant, um, oh, yeah, perhaps even like a, almost a heart attack. But happily, he was just had a really, really nasty virus and knocked him sideways and he sort of fainted. And uh, I thought, well, I can't leave the Lion King on his own, you know, in hospital, <laughs> so I better accompany him. So it was a nice thing to sort of watch them win. And gently wake up pretty much the coolest lion out there and tell him that the lions have won and see a smile creep across his face. So that was a slightly unusual occurrence for the second test for me. But I was there front and centre for Eden Park, both first and third tests, and it was fantastic. Amazing. Um, so obviously you've sort of been, been involved, Robbie, for, not to rub it in, but for, for a while now. Um, since you start, sort of started working on the broadcasting side, um, what are the sort of major changes that, you, that you've seen and how do you think that's kind of affected the game overall? I think it's probably twofold. From a broadcast perspective, I think the big change is that people are much more interested in small clips and short clips. They probably don't want to watch a one-hour preview show. They want to basically get all the best bits of your build-ups you know, while they're happening, as soon as they're happening. So we put a lot of stuff out in a digital space and across diff- different digital platforms that we would never have done 10 years ago and we were only sort of fleetingly doing five years ago. So I think, you know, the modern, the younger, you know, sporting consumer is very digital savvy and they're constantly watching short clips here and short clips there. So we've had to sort of change our output to accommodate that. And I think on a more traditional sort of big screen experience, I think it's harder to impress people with, you know, a really nicely constructed music montage. I think Sky kind of made its name by doing things like that back in the day. But, you know, there are guys who can sit in their bedroom and on a laptop create lovely sequences. So we've got sure. to work a bit harder to try and analyse things in a bit more, you know, a bit more depth. That's where you, you use a Will Greenwood or a Rory Lawson to give us the player's insight insight into something where you've got to use you know really high-end marquee talent to make a big splash and a big impact still do enjoy a classic scott quinnell build-up montage <laughs> well i think i mean sq we use scott as a sort of you know he's like a heat-seeking missile we just fire him up and get him as excited as possible <laughs> and launch him into the crowd because i think he scott scott's enthusiasm is absolutely infectious and i think you know Almost everyone who's tuning in on a Saturday afternoon, you know, loves rugby. They want to see someone who also loves the game. And I think Scott brings us a, a real, you know, a love of the game and a real enthusiasm that is hard to manufacture and is utterly genuine. And I think people love him for that. No, great. So obviously Sky have got the rights to the Pro 14 now. 
Um, it'd be great to see your thoughts on sort of the new conference system, you know, obviously the South African teams are in and what you kind of think it means for the competition and kind of like the marketing of the competition going forward. I think it's, it's interesting. It, what we should say is it's really early days. Well, we're, we're five rounds in. Yeah. I think you look at the two conferences, I think Conference A uh, looks really exciting because I think we probably had at the start of the season, you think, yeah, Glasgow, new under Dave Rainey, they'll go well. Munster always there or thereabouts. And you think Ospreys, who've been up playoffs last few seasons. And Ospreys, I don't think they've only won one game now. Yeah. So they're, they're, you know, they're struggling right at the bottom of the table with Cardiff Blues. And it's the Cheetahs who I think surprising people. You know, the Leinster result was, was terrific for them. And you think actually having beaten Leinster, they were probably going to go and beat the Ospreys. Ospreys on a terrible run. So, you know, it's sort of three from each conference going to go into the playoffs. You're looking at that now, you're saying, you know, if Cheetahs can keep winning their home games, they're right in with a shout here, you know, because actually Connor, Ospreys and Blue is all struggling. So that, that's made Conference A really exciting. Conference B, you look at that, start of the season, you think it probably feels like defending champs, Scarlet, Leinster, Ulster going to be the three to beat. And they've, I guess, got a bit of a march on Edinburgh. But, you know, I think the two best signings of the whole season for the Pro 14, Richard Cockrell going to Edinburgh and Dave Rennie going to Glasgow, two top-end coaches. So I, I, I think, you know, Glasgow obviously had their success already in Pro 14 or Pro 12 as it was then. I do think that under Cockrell, Edinburgh should have a lot more bite. So I think watching them over the course of the season will be fascinating. And, you know, the, you feel probably they shouldn't get hit with as many international call-ups as Glasgow. And that might help them in that sort of November and that Six Nations period. So I think from a Scottish perspective... Glasgow look absolutely nailed on, and I think Edinburgh are going to mount a real challenge in, in Pool B. Yeah, I know. I think um, especially Glasgow are playing the Cheetahs this weekend, and I think at the start of the season we thought it would be sort of a good opportunity to kind of almost maybe send the B squad out and sort of save a few of the, the top players for Exeter away um, next week. Mm -hmm. But it looks like they're sending out a pretty strong squad, because you're right, I think Leinster and Ospreys both looked... Like a, obviously it was a hard game, but also after about sixty minutes, I think everyone looked like they were about to die <laughs> on the pitch. There was there were some some of the big boys were really walking at the end, weren't they? Which is always good to see. And if you hear, you know, a lot of coaches say that if you want to make the game safer and more enjoyable, you need more fatigue in the in the games as opposed to bring on more subs who are eighteen stone and run fast straight at you. The more fatigue you can get the players, the more space it should be, the more open rugby. So maybe we should all play at altitude. Maybe that's a, that's the uh, that's the secret. As a slightly overweight rugby player, I'm not sure I agree with that. <laughs> I don't. I don't want that going forward. Um, well, Luke, thanks very much for um, taking call with us. It's uh, it's interesting to sort of hear your thoughts. And uh, have you got any any predictions for Edinburgh Glasgow in the European Cup this year? Or, uh... Well, look, I think Edinburgh. You'd say, wouldn't you, that Glasgow haven't really cracked the sort of the Champions Cup yet? Mm. Yeah. And, you know, you sort of think to yourself, well, this surely is the year they should be doing it. I mean, I think, I sort of said before, I think Dave Rennie is a bit of a masterstroke. I mean, Gregor, clearly a brilliant coach, but to get Dave Rennie, I think, is absolutely outstanding. And I think, you know, if you're a Glasgow Warrior fan, it, it is a, it's, a, it's a tough old pool. But I think what you're seeing now in the Champions Cup is that they are all tough pools. I and mean, if you... Clearly, if you get one of the Italians, you, you think you might fancy getting out of it. But yeah. that, that is a, a tough pull. But Glasgow, they, they should be winning most of their games at Scotstone. I think that, you know, that's, mm. to me, that, you know, that, there's no real excuse them to think, you know, we're not a European power. They, they've, you know, they should be trying to get out of that pool. 
They got out last year, played a very good Saracens team, and I did that game, and they were it was it was an absolute contest for about thirty eight minutes, and then just either side of half time, Saracens sort of turned on the power and ran away with it. But you know, Saracens have won it twice on the bounce. They're they're a bloody good team. They they'll do that to lots of teams, but you, you kind of feel like Edinburgh have had a lot of success, you know, in the um, in the Challenge Cup. So you know, why not? No, definitely. I think my worry with the Champions Cup is Vern Cotter's coming across with Montpellier, mm. who have probably one of the best squads that's ever been created. And I think Vern Cotter's probably still got, a, th- got a, th- um, a bone to pick with Scotland in general. I think you could see he just wasn't ready to leave. Um, but look, it's going to be an absolutely great game. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think that one thing you said about Montpellier, that clearly Vernon want to come to Scotland and put his best foot forward. I do imagine that Montpellier's absolute ambition will be more top 14 this year. Yeah. So whether they are as fully loaded when they go away from home, I don't know. So that is perhaps some comfort for the other people in that pool. But if you look at Edinburgh's pool in Challenge Cup, they've had good success against London Irish in the past. You know, they got a trip to Russia, and I don't think we all know too much about Krasny Yard. <laughs> and then, and then Stade Francais, um, who sort of perennially haven't done a lot in this competition, they either sort of win it or they do nothing. So last year they win it. The year before they weren't that interested. They, you know, they're not kicking too many goals in the, in, the, in the top 14. So they might have to concentrate more on top 14. So, yeah, I, I think Edinburgh, they, they've probably had a, has been the most... Consi- them and Quinns and Gloucester have been the three most consistent teams in the Challenge Cup last few seasons. So, why not? No, absolutely. Well, Luke, thanks very much for um, giving us your time and um, hopefully catch up soon. Absolute pleasure, boys. Good luck with it and go well. Thanks, thanks so mate. Thanks a lot. Bye. Cheers, guys. Bye. So that was really interesting. Really uh, seems to know his stuff about uh, Scottish rugby, doesn't he? Yeah, I know. And um, Scott Quinnell, he he does always get me fired up. I love Scott Quinnell. I'm not a fan of the way. Passion. Passion. <laughs> the dragons. <laughs> yeah. I really hope that comes across as a okay Welsh accent. I think it does sound weird. It does sound weird. The other thing about spanning into South Africa is you get stories like rugby player bitten by a lion. Did everyone see this? Scott Baldwin getting bitten by the lion at one of the safari parks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. You seen the video? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. You hear the jaw properly clamp on the lad's hand. Yeah, I mean, it's, you don't pet lions. <laughs> the other lad's petting the lion, they're on the back. You yeah, do, yeah, right? Yeah. He is like a proper Welsh idiot, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a genuine Welsh idiot. I've got a quiz. Let's do this. Let's do fly halves and, uh, and fullbacks, please. Fly halves and fullbacks. So. As you've already rightly stated, Scotland has had some of the greatest fly halves and fullbacks world rugby has ever seen. Over the last 10 years, in the Six Nations, Scotland has had, I'm going to start off with fullbacks, and this is not as many, this is a lot less than I thought it would be. Scotland has had four starting fullbacks in the Six Nations over the last 10 years. I think we just go one for one and see how we do. That, in the, in the last think, 10 years. In the last 10 years, starting in Six Nations games, Scotland has had four fullbacks. Okay. Who's your first one? Hugo Southwell. Oh, I've got my phone's going black. I'm assuming this is on. Surely Hugo Yeah, Southwell. Hugo Southwell. Surely Hugo I, Southwell. I, did, I, I thought Southwell might be too old, but yeah. Uh, I'm going to Sean Maitland. Sean Maitland has not started at fullback oh, for Scotland in, in the Six Nations. Really? I'll take Stuart Hogg. Stuart Hogg, 2-0. Two other people have played fullback in the Six Nations in the last 10 years. 
Don't I'm know. really, I'm really. You got another one? I mean, there's some big names. Chris Paston. Boom! Three nil. Oh, no. This, this, this is a blue. There's one more. This guy was actually my favourite player for about a year back in like twenty. Roy Lamont. Yes. Oh, uh, Roy Lamont. He was really good actually. And so they are the only four players who've started at fullback Continu- in the last ten continuity years. Continuity position. Um, well, think about the number of points that um, has scored from. It's just Passing and Hulk yeah. just basically yeah. own that position for <laughs> the last 10 Hugo years. Hugo Southwell's left boot. And Hugo Southwell's left boot. Unbelievable. Fullback. So 3-1 to date. This is big. Hugo. I'll let you take the first the first answer. Wait, 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 we're going... So how many, how many fly, fly halves? halves? Eight fly Eight. halves. Okay. In the uh, last 10 backwards. years. Some of, some of the biggest names. Okay, I'm going to go Russell. Right, Russell's one. Dave? Friend of the pod, Duncan Whip. Duncan Ware, the pudding. The pudding. Think of Jackson. Rui Jackson, yes. Mighty Phil Godman. Phil Godman, yes. With Dan Parks. Dan Parks, yes. Gordon Ross. Mm, I think he was just before that time, actually. Ah, he was. Right, so we're currently 5-4 to Dave. Three other people have starred at 10 for Scotland. I think I've got another one. Oh, I've got another one. Pete Horn. Pete Horn, yes, five all. What have you got, Davos? Chris Patterson. Chris Patterson! Oh, I, was gonna say, I didn't know if that was too risky. <laughs> the double. One more. One more. So you're currently one up, Dave. So, this Hanny, is, is you a, can either so take I've, it. I've got a shot there. This is rare. You've got a shot. Te- rarified air. Jesus, I don't think it's him. That is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Who is really bad at rugby? I like the assumption that they're really bad. Yeah, maybe you could. Well, we've only named the, like, the good ones. Um, a wee clue. A wee, wee clue. A wee clue. Oh, um, a wee clue. We Greek. We Greek. <laughs> <laughs> Three Layla. Yes. Davos takes it 7-5. Is that your first ever quiz win? I think I won one nah, in the very <laughs> early days. I'm, I'm not sure that's Can't true. Really have lost that. Could be true. Fair play, mate. Went on. Yeah. That's good, I like that. A couple of, a couple of big names at 10. Chris Patterson, the only one to play 10 and 15. I wasn't sure. I knew he played a couple of games at 10, but I thought it was in like the 03 World Cup or something. Yeah, he played, it was literally like one Mass. game in like 08 that he played and at 10. And then Pete Horn played, did he play in that Italy match? Yeah. yeah. No, I think, yeah, he did. The and then I remember, remember we... The interception uh, game. No, no, no. We were in the red strip. And two of those came on and got Simbin oh, right away. Yeah, I think was... Horn started. No, no, I think you're right. That was the absolute worst. <laughs> and then there was the real Dan Parks, Phil Godman, kind of two great lads, but maybe <laughs> just didn't cut it at the international Not level. Not quite standard. No. Required standard. But um, good quiz, though. Delighted yeah, to take home the win. Yeah, I know. Um, right, shall we have a look at who has done their Scotland hopes um, good in the early weeks of the season and who is. On the, looking like they might be on their way out. We've kind of split this by. We've got a few positions to go through. Matt, why don't you kick us off with who you think who's done the who's done themselves a favour? Yeah, um, I think a bit of a blast from the past, and maybe not all Scottish rugby fans will know he's still playing. But Byron McGugan playing for McGugan McGugan, don't know, playing for Sale Sharks at the moment and doing so well. Got um, hat trick hat trick last weekend. The weekend. Um, against Gloucester and scored two absolutely incredible tries against Saracens, like incredible finishes down the touchline. Um, you know, he's, he's a nailed on starter for a sale team that, you know, haven't been like the best, but he has definitely been scoring tries in that team. Um, 
So he's looking really, really good. Looking really good, good neck. He's looking, he's looking super quick. And maybe if he's going up, possibly another Scotland winger who faced down in England going down. Tim Bissett not getting a, an awful lot of not, game time. Not getting a game. Charlie Walker starting ahead of him for Quinns. Um, I think he played at the weekend, actually. So maybe he's sort of coming back into things. But I, I think he does have enough credit in the bank. But um, it's also interesting to see that Damien Hoyland has been completely, last week, completely dropped by Cockrell, played back at Barnamure, and Cockrell actually dug him out in the, in the media as well. So, um, for a guy who was on the Scotland summer tour, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was. Started, started uh, against, didn't he? He scored against Italy, I think. Um, you know, but struggled against Fiji. So, it'd be interesting to see, see what happens to him. But, yeah, maybe McGugan's good to have as like a, no, fullback winger, squad player back three. Well, that's a good thing. He probably covers winger and fullback more than a lot of the other wingers in the squad. Yeah. Especially like Hoyland and Jones. Yeah. You're probably right. going to be the even like Visser as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's probably you got those sort of fringe wingers. You kind of got your your mate your mate Lim you see more are just like in. Yeah. Visser's got enough credit in the bank, and you're yeah. probably going to get one more in. And it's kind of Hoyland, Jones, Jones yeah. McWiggin. And I guess the fact that McGuigan A is on fire and B can cover actually full because he played a lot at fullback for Glasgow yeah, next year. Yeah. Um, I forgot he played next year as well. Yeah. So no, yeah. I agree. I think he could be a man who's um, who's going to step up. It'll be interesting to see whether he makes the the wider squad with the uh, the autumn coming up. Certainly, if it was being picked on form, he'd have him in the squad. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but what else did we think? Um, Jamie Ritchie on his way up. I see you've written Hamish Watson on his way down. What do you think? I couldn't actually really think of someone who was going down, but we, we spoke about it last week and he hasn't been playing that well. But then Alan, you were saying at the weekend he had a pretty good game. Yeah, I think um, he obviously had a hard season last year, played a lot for Edinburgh and Scotland. And I think maybe just first couple of games, he seemed sort of a little bit off the pace, wasn't making a lot of yards of ball. And... It just seemed like he was sort of struggling, struggling. But I think, especially against the Scarlets, his game seemed to have picked up. And against Leinster this week, I think, especially against such that world class opposition, he really actually sort of stepped up the plate. And it kind of seems like he's coming back into the form we saw him have last year. Yeah, definitely. I think um, he's one that hopefully is going to peak when he gets that Scotland jersey back on, which I think he does have enough money in the bank to mm. um, to to keep that seven jersey on for that first match. Yeah, no, I agree. I think he's he's got to be starting at set starting at seven in that first game. Yeah. Um, and I, I, to be honest, I just don't think they'll change it. I think with him, Barkley and Wilson, I think that's that's a combo that's kind of suited them well last season. And it'll be just be more interesting to see who they bring on the bench to support them. Yeah, definitely. Another man who's certainly coming up. We've touched them already on the pod. Um, Scott Cummings in the second row at Glasgow. I'm not sure if there's anyone that's massively going down possibly Tim Swinson who you would have thought would be for the mm. last season or so he's been the sort of the the third man um, on the bench behind the Grey brothers you would expect he was maybe going to be the, the the person that would step into that fold but maybe Scott Cummings will get get his shot in the autumn particularly with one or both of the Greys out of action yeah one or both of the Greys BBT not playing as well as he was back in the last season as well yeah exactly so. I, I think Cummings is probably ahead of Gilchrist in the pecking order as well. Yes, no, I agree. Great Scotland team. I think you probably may see him getting a run out against uh, Samoa. I'd like yeah. that. I'd like to see that actually. The yeah, Samoa teams, the team for Samoa is going to be really, really interesting to see where Townsend goes. Does he use it as a bit of a testing ground, or does he use it as a warm up for the All Blacks? The, mm. 
the following weekend. I'd like to see a little bit of a mix. I'd like to see some of these youngsters seeing how they do in that international environment. No, I agree. I think one person that we sort of... I thought I was really hoping would have a good season because I, I actually do think he's a really good player. Is sort of Matt Scott, who has been at Gloucester again this season, hasn't been getting much game time, and when he has, hasn't really been able to stand out in a backline, which to be fair does have a lot of talent in it. Mm. Um, but you know he's now injured, and I think with sort of the quality that we have at centre, it's I think he's going to really struggle to get much game time if even get in the squad again. Yeah, it's a shame considering you know. When he started at Gloucester last year, he was he scored like six tries in six games or something. Was sort of top try scorer in the Prem for quite a long time, looking as if we sort of had a bit of a new new lease of, of life. And to be fair, I think when he played for Scotland, when he did last year, he did a pretty good job. So hopefully, he gets a bit of fitness back. But it's it's quite difficult times for Gloucester at the moment. There, the club as a whole is a bit all over the shop. So it can't be that much fun trying to sort of get back get back on your feet in that environment. Yeah, and finally, the people who are going up is if you play loose head prop, you're almost certainly going to get a uh, Scotland cap in the autumn. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Which is great. Trainer. Going down, I think, is just anybody who's um, on that injury list Yeah, at the moment, unfortunately. Right, so we should finish off with some um, predictions, fellas, since we are so on the money every week. Uh, yeah, two wins. Two, you're going for two wins? Yeah, two wins, both by a score. Both by... Mm, fair enough. A couple of seven nils. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> Five nil. No conversion. No conversions. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what do you think? Glasgow up in uh, Blomfontein at altitude against the Cheetahs. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I would have said, like, literally two weeks ago that that's an e- that should be a walk in the park for Glasgow. Cheetahs are quite good now. I, I think Cheetahs will win it by a score. They're at home. It's a horrible place to play. You have to go all the way to South Africa. It all adds up. Cheetahs are on a roll. Don't like to say it, but I think Cheetahs will win by a score. I disagree. I'm going to agree with Alan. Not on it being 5-0, but I will agree that I think um, Glasgow will pick up the win. The Dave Rennie revolution rolls on. I think the squad rotation has been good enough. They're going to go up there and uh, mm. and pick up a win by 10 points. 10? Punchy. How about that? Yeah, so 10-0 rather than 5-0. So that's going to be good. Um, Edinburgh, Zebra again at Meyer Fortress. Meyer sides. I think Edinburgh need the win so much that they're going to get it. Richard Cockrell has described this as a must-win fixture. If they don't win this, season's over. The Gen- season's Gen- genuinely. Mate, genuinely, genuinely. You need to start winning games now or you're getting nothing. Wow. Wow. So they're going to win it? It's the Matt Hanny School of Management. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going to win by uh, four. By four It's going to be really tight. It's going to be rubbish. But Edinburgh are going to win. A really typically rubbish yeah, Friday night Edinburgh It's match. going to be literally awful, but they're going to win. I disagree. I think um, good result, good performance and showing against Leinster last week. A real kick up the arse from Cockers. I think they'll put... I'm going to say bonus point win for Edinburgh. That's ridiculously punchy. We will see. I'm feeling good. <laughs> Fortress Marseille. You're just feeling positive since you come back from holiday. I'm exactly. Thinking the big man since you had the turkey neck removed. You know, all this, having lost all that weight away, I'm feeling, feeling good. Refreshed. A new man. It feels great. Um, right, well, thanks a lot for, for joining us, guys. We will catch up with you next week when we'll be previewing the first weekend of uh, Europe. A couple of massive games coming up. So, hopefully, join us then. In the meantime, please get onto iTunes, leave us a review, um, or chat to us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod or hunt us down on Instagram. We will try and make it good. All right? All right, cheers, guys. Thanks again. Thanks.